I'm sitting there and I opened up Stripe and I had looked in there and I had had one, 199,900 and some change in sales. And I was like, I looked at it and looked at it again. I was like, oh man, I'm one sale away from $200,000. And I just kind of took a deep breath and I was like, man, this is it. This is, this is the feeling I want. This is what the other side feels like. The opposite of crying in, the, in an empty yoga studio, whether or not you're gonna be living in your car next month to being on a beach in Australia, living more of a digital nomad life and actually hitting real financial goals. Um, it can happen, man. That's Kyle Weger sharing the story of how he went from having only $200 to his name to earning over $200,000 selling his course on handstand training, all in under a year's time. Kyle has truly been through the ringer as an entrepreneur and knows from experience what it takes to build a successful business online. He's the founder of two membership sites in the yoga and fitness space, reflectionyoga.com and kyleweger.com, and he's working on launching a third membership site soon. In today's episode, Kyle shares strategies on designing an effective marketing funnel, the hilarious reaction he got from his boss when he told him he wanted to quit his job to start an online yoga business, and he generously shares the strategies he uses on Facebook to generate extremely qualified leads and presents them in a step-by-step way so anyone can implement them. We've got a really fun episode packed full of practical tips and strategies that you can use to grow your business. So let's get to it. I'm your host, Eric Turnison, and this is the Subscription Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric, thank you uh, very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's interesting to reflect because, you know, we've actually known each other since I think around uh, 2013 when you first started Reflection Yoga. But this is actually the first time we're having a real time conversation outside of like email or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about, right? Like that very first website where I got introduced to Member Mouse and you, and then now here we are five years later talking about building businesses. Exactly. And so much has unfolded for you in uh, that period of time. I mean, you started with that one site, now you have three. So we're definitely going to talk about that today. But uh, to start off, I hear you just took a trip to Australia. Yeah, I I did. Um, I don't. Uh, have you ever been? I've not been to Australia. No. Okay. Well, put it put it on the list for sure. I was down there. Um, thanks to the recent, I guess, success I had had with my online work. I have been invited to some pretty cool places, and I was on tour in Australia for about a month, running handstand workshops. Um, in first one in Melbs, and then Brizzy in Sydney, and then back to Melbs for like a thirty day. Uh, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Handstand tour, I guess would be the lack of a better term. Nice. And while you were there, um, how was it traveling around and running your businesses? It was, it was really cool. Um, it's, I've, been, I've been on the road quite a bit this year. I got the opportunity to go to Europe for a little while, East Coast of the United States, then random cities around the US. But Australia was the first time where I was like, okay, I got this backpack with my laptop in it suitcase full of you know stretchy pants essential <laughs> and then i get to every new city i'm like okay where's my coffee shop with the wi-fi and where can i get a decent meal and a glass of wine and um in australia i was just kind of bebopping around and i realized i don't have to go to the same desk every day to make money or be productive it was it was a true digital nomad type of thing yeah now now this is interesting to me because you 
on the surface, you're a yoga guy, right? What was the the transition point where you were doing yoga and you basically then started an online business and then took off from there? How how did that happen? Oh, uh, Eric, I did it totally uh, totally backwards. Uh, you know how most people like do a craft for a while and then they'll make courses. I the very first yoga class I taught was recorded for Reflection Yoga. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I, I'm going to do an online business instead of teaching in studios. And I ended up doing both. Um, so I filmed reflection yoga in an apartment where I decided to forego a living room. And I, you've seen the site, obviously that was inside my apartment, that mini studio. Um, so yeah, I decided like I had been doing yoga for a long time. And then I was like, I'm going to become a teacher. And during that teacher training, I was, I was working in the tech space in sales and marketing. Um, for a startup, um, little video based company in Denver. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to film videos and put them on the internet. And then I'll be a millionaire because that's how the internet works. Yeah. <laughs> and then little did I know it's slightly more complex than that. No, we can end it right now. Uh, you know, thanks for listening everybody that you ha- you heard it from Kyle. That's how it works. <laughs> Podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All you do is set up a site and millions of dollars start rolling in. It's just magic. Yeah. So, but yeah, so clearly that didn't happen. So, you know, cuz you have two more sites now, so I'm guessing you figured something out in your journey with Reflection Yoga that you then felt you could replicate. What were kind of the things that helped Reflection Yoga get off the ground and get you to the point where you are now? Um, you know, there's one part is just pure grit and determination. So it's something there's no way around it, but through it. Um, the other piece that was responsible for Reflection Yoga's success was actually interviewed on your show not too long ago. Um, his name's Ali Jafarian. And uh, Ali is just a brilliant dude that I got connected with in Denver at that company that I referenced um, where I was working in 2012. And um, it, up until then, I'd kind of been trying to trying, emphasis on trying to run my own site. And then I decided to partner with Ali and invite him into the business. And then he brought in a whole new tool set and he like wiped the slate of like my software stack I was using because it was really rudimentary and just stuff that a basic mind, which I have compared to someone like Ali, I could I could operate my site somewhat, but there weren't sales. There was no organization. I couldn't like see what was actually happening. It was like just a, a total. If a sale came in, I'd be like, "Oh, I wonder where that came from." You know, there was like there was like no way to track it. And then we got a better better toolkit, better you know skill set between Ali and I myself. And now we now we build several things together, which is fun. And how were you do? How were you controlling access to your courses prior to using MemberMouse? Um, there wasn't, (laughs) there was, there was like, I had a membership software that I don't even think it's still around anymore. Um, but, and then hooked up to an old payment processor and you just either had on or off. There was like one membership or you're not. And that was it. So now with member mouse, obviously there's like tiers and bundles and I can grant access. I can see their last transaction, their usage history and like everything I need to know about what's, what my members are doing. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, you know, something that I also have experienced myself is that there's uh, the only way um, through it is only way around around it is through it. Right. Exactly. So what were some of those major things in the, I guess, the last four years with reflection yoga, you know, particularly in the beginning, you know, cause that's, I, I feel like the hardest time to get that ball rolling. You know, what were some of those uh, things that popped up that needed to be gone through and in your mind were pretty major, uh, going through them, but you know, in the end, like learning some great lessons. 
Yeah, I think a couple, the two that come to mind are more one's internal, one's more external. So internally, you man, you just have to be comfortable with struggle and discomfort and late nights and not having an answer and sitting there, you know, with uh, with a problem that needs a solution and you don't have the solution. So you have to just be willing to figure it out. Um, the other one that I learned very early on was if I get a customer support email. Even if I get back to them with the answer that they want, or it's an answer that maybe is less than ideal, getting back to them in a timely manner garners more respect than anything else. Um, if I get it on my phone and I'm available, I'm like, hey, I see your message. Um, I can't respond in fully right now because I'm, I'm on the road or whatever I'm doing. But as soon as I get to my laptop, I'm going to open up your account and take a look. That 20 seconds it took me to type that email means I get to keep that customer for life. So being good to your members is a big one. Cool. Now, you mentioned you were working a desk job. Um, did you cut bait and and just go full boat with reflection yoga when you started it? Or did you uh, do reflection yoga for a while and then at a certain point you were able to quit? Um, let's see. It sort of went like this. I was nearing the end of my yoga teacher training. And at that time, I had uh, commissioned a, a friend of mine to drop like a logo and some basic stuff. And um, there came a day where I walked into my CEO's office. I had what I thought I needed. I had a loan from uh, the bank of grandma, uh, <laughs> who's a really reliable investor. It's small, like get you started. And it was so funny because she asked how much money I would need to get this off the ground. And I was like, oh, I'll be profitable. And then I, uh, I, I gave her the timeline of three months. I was like, I'm going to get this up and running. This is how, I mean, the thing in, in my question, remember, in my mind was how hard could it be? Right. And so I walked into my CEO's office in September of 2012. And I said, Hey, man, you've been a great boss, but I'm going to go start an online yoga business. And he's like, You're absolutely insane. If you think you're going to like leaving this, because I was making good like software money. And he's like, um, You're insane if you think this is going to work. And I was like, You might be right, but I'm 30 years old and I am still working for other people. And I need my own, I need my own thing, my own passion. And he was right. I wasn't saying to think that that was going to take off like the moment I launched. Um, so there was, I walked and then we recorded, you know, like 80 hours worth of content, like 80 yoga videos. And that was our beginning batch. And then we launched in December of 2012. And then very soon after that, uh, you and I met early 2013 via Ollie. And yeah. And what was the major thing that Ollie and you worked on to turn things around? Yeah. We started looking at, um, customer acquisition costs, like where can we find customers? Where, and number one, where are they coming from? Um, and then the uh, having a partner like him uh, to push you, it, we would hold each other accountable. Now, if that was huge on the day-to-day, -day, right? Because it's like, I run into it sometimes. I have my list of stuff I want to do. And if something else looks more attractive, I'll go do that, even though it's probably less important. Ali would keep on me about like, hey guys, we need to we need to add this feature and this feature. I need videos for this type of yoga program. Like, well, hell, I better get on making some more content. And then of course he's a total workhorse. So he we would build more features. How do we make our members last longer? Oh, that's a huge focus. Like once you get them, congratulations, but now it's not over, right? You have to continue to provide value. And so you guys did that with content? Yeah, it was a sort of choose your own adventure yoga site. In the beginning, we would have all these videos up there and then some search criteria that you could choose from. Then we started getting like a little more focused. Like, well, what if we made a yoga for beginners only program? 
like a seven video set. Like if you've never done yoga before, let's give you these videos to get you started. Or what if we had like a yoga for fat loss or fat burning or belly toning? So we started getting into like yoga for blank. And then, and then we found that the people that wanted those type of videos were incredibly loyal to those type of videos. Because if you're online and you've never done yoga, even if you start searching, like what do you, if you have no frame of reference, the search tool is almost irrelevant. Right. And how were you doing customer acquisition? What were you focusing on as your channel? Um, yeah, we were doing a little bit of Facebook, uh, advertising. And then I was just like shamelessly, my entire regular personal Facebook feed was basically a please buy my product page. Like that's all it was. was, Everything was, Oh, Hey guys, just made this update. Go check it out. Um, I was pretty, um, extroverted in terms of marketing. Like I don't, mind getting out and getting my feet on the street and going and going to events and handing out business cards and all that stuff. So now I do things much more efficiently with kyleweger.com and I have like a much better, you know, turnout um, numbers wise. But in the early days, you, you just kind of try everything. I think is like, okay, if I get booked at this one yoga event, I can get, I'll probably, I always overshot it too. Of course. I'm like, man, if I teach this one class, I'll get a hundred customers out of that, (laughs) out of that one class. And it never quite shakes out like that. Yeah. It seems like one of your uh, valuable tools is um, unbridled optimism and enthusiasm and probably a a little bit of ignorance thrown in there. Oh, dude, you have to have it. If I (laughs) I were smart enough to know what the numbers were going to be, I don't know if I would have started in the first place. Yeah. I have said the same thing many times because it's, it can be very overwhelming to look at the full picture and see it and be like, oh, wow, this is what I really have to do. If you look at what you're doing today, you're juggling three online businesses now. If you looked at that in 2013, when you started this journey or 2012, you would have just been like, oh, you know, it's more comfortable just sitting behind this desk and having a guaranteed paycheck. Oh, totally. That if you were to say, like, if you look at what I'll use, like kyleweeker.com, um, we've spent something like 83 or $85,000 this year on Facebook advertising. Now, if you were to tell me, like, Hey Kyle, to start this website, you're going to need number one, a a few thousand hours of your time packed into like a thousand hours of daylight. And then you're also going to need to pay to have your site built and you're going to have to film and record your content. And by the way, we need, we're going to need $85,000 to advertise on Facebook. I would have been like, never mind, just give me that biweekly paycheck and I'll sit on back. Um, But you never, I I think that's a, uh, less skillful position to take when you want to look at it. Just be like, okay, what's the next winnable gap? Don't, I'm not going to worry about $85,000 spend on Facebook. I'd be like, what do I need to do in the next week to move my site forward? So you, you operate on a week by week basis at this point? Um, not, I mean, with, let's say this with, I, with execution of things that are coming down the pipe features we're adding to the site i'm looking at like what's the next biggest thing i need to focus on what's the next top priority however i do have like long-term vision of you know product line um i know there's seasonality in my business after this first year now um january 1st big day for me in the fitness world right people are online uh when it gets to be kind of the dog days of summer late august you know people aren't necessarily buying handstand courses all the time so yeah there's i I gotta balance i guess my day-to-day work with like okay these are strategic targeted things i have to get done or ollie has to get done um versus okay big picture i'm starting to see it 
I don't think you can either be binary one one way or the other, you know? Yeah. Now, how did you approach KyleWego.com differently with the experience behind you of Reflection Yoga? Yeah, good question. So Reflection is a true subscription model. It is um, $9 a month or $89 a year. It just auto renews. It's more of a library type feel. KyleWego.com is a site. There's almost no yoga on there. It is devoted strictly to the handstand. Just the pose, the pose of handstand because handstand is um, more of a skill, whereas yoga is like a practice. Um, so I, I approach it from a course mentality, right? So it's not a library where you can log in and have a yoga practice and the next day you can do another class that works on your hamstrings. This is like, hey guys, I have a course and I have a systematic way to get you into a handstand if, you know, handstand is something that you want to achieve in your fitness goals. Uh, yoga, CrossFit, gymnastics, some forms of dance even use a handstand in there. So I have a broader market than just yoga people with kyleweger.com. Which is interesting because uh, seemingly it's much more of a niche idea. You're doing one thing. You're saying, hey, <laughs> I will teach you to do this. Whereas Reflection Yoga, you have, you know, many different courses, many different postures, many different uh, walkthroughs um, and experiences. Mm -hmm. So an eel-guided, I would say, logic would say, well, if you're selling less uh, variety, then that may mean that you don't have as much of a market. But that's not what you're experiencing, right? No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm experiencing, um, I have Man, I checked my email list. Uh, I think we're hovering right around like 80, 8,300 people on my list. And that, so that means there's at least 8,300 people that have interest, right? Um, we have course sales of like yeah, a little over 1,800 courses sold so far. And I'm realizing that the market is much bigger than what I thought. Um, in the beginning, I was kind of like, well, how many people could I really sell this to? Like, it's a handstand. It's not you know, a course on, for example, yoga or the real estate market where there's a bajillion people in the real estate market. I was just like, there, there can't be that many. As it turns out, there are. And it's interesting um, to note that my initial, you know, um, hypothesis was uh, pretty far off, but in a good way. Okay. I mean, what do you mean by that? Yeah. I was like, man, if I can just get, you know, like a thousand people to buy this course, I'd be pretty happy. I've all got almost double that, and the numbers are still out there to support that this is a never-ending market because of the rise of the yoga market, growing what it is at like whatever five percent per year. There's twenty. The last number I read was like twenty-two million people in America practice yoga, and now we're not even talking about CrossFit or gymnastics, just the practice of yoga, and that's a very handstand-heavy group. If you mix in CrossFit into that and then just general fitness and calisthenics, the market is is way bigger and fitness is on the rise. So I'm going to be getting new customers constantly. Right. And what is your strategy for how to capture? Because it, it would seem that your, your site itself and your funnels within your site, you have pretty dialed in based on what you've learned from Reflection Yoga. You have mm -hmm. a good sales page. You have a good way to... Uh, well, let's actually... Let me not assume this. Uh Let's talk about that first. So how are you, when you receive somebody landing on our site, what are the types of, what are the top three things that you're doing strategically with your uh, content um, and sales process to help guide them through not only making the sale, but then after they've made the sale to stick with it? Totally. Let's start with the, the front end. How do I get them? Um, I have ran a series of advertisements uh, over the course of the last 11 months. 
on Facebook, trying different copy, different imagery. Um, video always works best for me when it's a handstand because it's like they want to see you kick up into a handstand because that will catch your, catch your eye visually. Now, when I started advertising, I was very much using like kind of the FOMO model, the fear of missing out. Like, oh, I, I, if you're not doing these four moves, you know, then you're 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 missing out on why you why you haven't gotten your handstand yet, right? Um, and what I found is that the marketing trends are starting to shift. Whereas, like, yes, I am still in the kind of the keeper of the information uh, role. Like, I can I'm the coach, right? But what I'm finding resonates most is the kind of the hero's journey and the ad the that is doing the the highest performing for me is my one that I'm running right now. And it's more of like when I was 28, I saw someone kick up into a handstand in a yoga class, and I remember thinking I'll I'll never be able to ever do that. And then I practiced for a couple of years. I got really good at it. And now I'm going to teach you how to do it. So it's an adult teaching adult, right? Not this like guru mentality, which is way too uh, prevalent in the yoga world where it's like, I am, I am guru, right? And it's like, come get off your cloud. Right. Adult teaching adult, but also you in that story too, you say you've been where the person watching is now. Exactly. I, I learned as an adult and it's not like I was born into a gymnastics type of family. I learned, you know, I didn't even start gymnastics until I turned 30. So for all you guys listening out there, that's like, oh, well, I couldn't do it. I didn't do it as a child. That doesn't matter. Um, does it help? Probably. Yeah. You do anything with enough uh, frequency over a longer duration of time, you'll be more proficient at it, of course. Um, so the front end, I get them to click on the advertisement. They land on a sales page that has a video that is very testimonial heavy because I have a lot of students. So I just plug them into this video and um, then it explains the course. And I have it uh, like my, my sort of sales mechanism, I suppose, if you want to call it that, is that I treat handstand like a courtship process. Like handstand, I want handstand to be my girlfriend, right? <laughs> and so I can't just go... Uh, go for the gold right away. Like you have to court the handstand. So my, my whole sales thing is like, Hey, we're going to teach you how to like kind of move from just flirting into falling in love with your handstand through a progressive practice. Um, once they're in now, this is where, uh, and by the way, my Facebook ads go straight to the sales page cause they're, that's converting for me. I have other ones that go to a more traditional funnel and, um, you know, it's funny that I see all the, again, a guru, guru syndrome is prevalent big time in the marketing world. Yep. Huge, huge. I got the next big secret, this thing that, man, a good old fashioned funnel, it, like, it doesn't need that much tweaking. Give them a free product, let them try it, give them more value, give them more value, and then uh, ask for a little bit of money for the next product and then make upsell, upsell. Wait, can you dig into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, my um my funnel goes as follows i have a um a video that's like 14 minutes long it's like hey if you want to learn some um uh you know gymnastics based handstand moves that you probably won't see in a yoga room get this free video check it out i then get their email address right i send them a free video and then i use um a lie i follow digitalmarketer.com i don't know if you follow those guys they're just who my particular brand they um have like a email sequence that tends to work. Um, and so mine is I give them free video in the first video. I set up that they're going to want to keep opening my emails and I say, Hey, uh, I hate to let the cat out of the bag, but I have another surprise for you tomorrow. So make sure you check your inbox. So I kind of tease it a little bit. 
And then uh, my favorite line in there, and this is just an old line that works all the time. I just I get a kick out of it. It's like, um, be sure to keep checking your inbox for my um, emails because the next few days are going to feel like Christmas. <laughs> and every time, <laughs> I just like that line. And so then the next day, I was like, hey, surprise. And you remember yesterday I said I was going to send you a free video? Well, I'm a man of my word, so here you go. And it's a video on hand placement and like some more technical training. And then day three, another email. Value for three straight days. And then there are um, a number of different ways they could go. They either get pitched over to my tripwire offer uh, after on day four, which is a $1 video. It's called the 30-minute handstand makeover. Super simple. It's a dollar. It's the least amount of money you could charge anybody for anything, right? So um, the sales copy for that is pretty simple. It's, it opens up. It's kind of cheesy, but I, I mean, I'm kind of a, a dorky guy. Um, it's like, you know how people say you can't get anything for a dollar anymore? Well, I totally disagree. And at the end of this video, I'll tell you why. And then boom, go on the sales page. Um, and then so they get them to break the the important part there. I always explain to people wanting to market is like you have to break the psychological barrier of them giving you money for something. That's a big deal. That's a that's an intimate transaction. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this is money I worked for and I earned it through some capacity, and I'm giving it to you in exchange for a product that you say is worth it. How do I know? And so um, I give them the opportunity to enter at low risk. Once they're in for the dollar thing, now they're in member mouse, right? Now they're a member of my site. They're part of a community. And then that's where I hit them with more value, more free videos, um, more like talking head videos, some training videos, and then upsell to the $175, my core product, the six weeks to handstand course. So I, I court them in a way too, right? Much as like I, I pitched the whole courtship of handstand, I court them. I'm like, hey, come in. It's free. First date, no pressure. Maybe we met on Tinder, whatever it is, right? <laughs> go get coffee. And yeah. then the next one is like, oh, let's go sit down and have a, have a meal, uh, you know, more, a little more formal. And then the third engagement is like, oh, we're dating now. You just gave me $175 in exchange for this huge six-week behemoth course. We're, we're a thing. Me and you are together on this. Right. What are you doing to help get those people upgraded from the $1 to the $175 in terms of um, if you're using leveraging any member mouse tools for that, um, or even if you're not? I, um... I not uh, no member mouse tools that I know of um cuz again I go back to like email so I'll send them an email an active campaign once they get uh in once they buy the $1 video then that starts a whole new automation sequence um and then I will get them and to uh, get to the page hopefully of 6 weeks um if they click on the link in the email and then it w- wait 30 minutes is my condition and then if after 30 minutes they don't have a tag inside active campaign that says um you know six weeks to handstand meaning they didn't buy then they enter a new sequence if i get them to same same thing if they get to the checkout page and then in 30 minutes they're not a member i have a card abandonment sequence that i run through but but most of that is done in active campaign or all of that right yeah yeah Yeah, because one thing i i think i see people do um which is more about engaging people if they're actually on your site is you can use the um member decision smart tag Okay. To identify, okay, this person has, it's basically a way to dynamically show different content on the page based on somebody's purchase history. So you can, you can say, uh, you know, whatever you show, whatever you want, whatever you think is going to be valuable to them, but you can do it dynamically using those tags. Okay. Um, I, I really appreciate you going into that into so much detail because 
it's it, it like you said, it's simple but super effective because what you're doing is you yes, there is always a psychological barrier to giving money. Um, people will always have objections, and the way that you're handling that is by just like you know, without reservation, look, I'm going to give you all this free stuff and I'm going to show you what I can do, where my value is. I'm going to, and I'm going to teach you stuff, whether or not you stick around or not, I'm going to teach you something. You do that consistently and then, you know, give them a a low risk way to, to make a commitment. And of course, once they're, once that, once they've taken an action on your site, psychologically, that's an important step. Big time. And of course, then you can, you know, uh, promote your course more. But yeah, I, I think that that even when you talk about it, it sounds like a really gentle approach. You're not like trying to go for the gold right away. And I don't, it, it's, it is gentle, true, because it, the thing with having it, an email address is that you now have the opportunity to form a relationship. Um, I think we've all been on email list where it's a highly aggressive relationship and you yeah. unsubscribe you from that. Click pretty. unsubscribe. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> yeah. you're going back in the friend zone um, if we're using dating terminology, right? But if it's like, um, if I have your email address, well, I don't need to beat down your door. If you think I have value and you like that first video, you're going to either get the dollar thing or you're going to buy the course. Um, and it's an opportunity for, for me to gain a, um, I talk about this a lot. Like, I'm, I'm on Instagram, of course, because that's you have to be in the fitness world. Um, I would much rather, and I mean, by orders of magnitude, I would much rather have someone's email address than have a follower on Instagram. Um, because when you make a post on Instagram, it's like, oh, this is also cool. Thanks for the information. But this is just kind of for the public. Like, you didn't make this for me. Right. Email is much more intimate. Yeah. When I hit your inbox and I'm like, hey, Eric, guess what? Good news. I got that, that free video I promised you. Here it is. It's like, it's just a subtle subconscious feeling of like, oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned earlier uh, Hero's Journey Marketing. I, I, I don't, I didn't quite get the relationship between, and maybe I'm just not familiar enough with the Hero's Journey, but how do you make those connections now that you've talked a little bit about, you, you know, you do Facebook advertising to get people there. You have an email marketing funnel and a sales page. Where does a Hero's Journey come in? for you? Um, the hero's journey is more so the, um, like, Hey, I started as an adult and I was like, I couldn't even kick up and hold a handstand. I started and you can do it too. So the, the whole, like, um, I think it's more of the ethos of it. It's sort of something that supersedes all of my copy, right? As like, you can learn how to do this. You can it's like kind of the down and out journey, uh, you know, to the, the route to rise sort of success. So I don't know if it's necessarily, um, a story I tell, I mean, I do in my advertising than that one uh, example I already gave you, but it's more or less an ethos, um, that I try to, um, let permeate all of my copy, my imagery, um, anything that's on video, I'm trying to be as motivational as I can. Um, I think positive, at least in my industry, Positive reinforcement will always garner way better results and better click-through rates, better conversions than the old school schmarmy marketing of like what you see a lot in like the weight loss industry where they just poke and prod and they, they sell on pain. They sell on pain. I would rather sell on motivation, but that's like who I am. And that's, that's how you approach your Facebook advertising strategy then. Yeah, totally. It's, um, I've, I've had coaches that are be like, oh, you suck. You're terrible buy my program and I'll fix you. Right. And I'm like, no, thanks. I don't want to be berated or belittled because I can't do something. I'd rather have someone be like, Hey, 
you have a little ways to go and I want to help you get there kind of attitude. So it sounds like, you know, through your marketing, you're, you're taking a very personal approach to it. Like, yes, you are teaching online, but you're doing something that I, I personally admire when people do in marketing is forget about marketing. Like, why are you thinking about this arcane, like static thing? Like marketing is about building a relationship. It's about how you communicate. And that starts with you and how you want to communicate and how you want to lead people. And so therefore, if you look within yourself, you find all the answers there. You don't need to go to uh, sites and books. And of course, that can help sometimes. I'm not writing them off. But I think it, it sounds like something that you've been doing very well is uh, having a person, bringing your personality to it, you know, and what you want to say and how you would say it. Who cares? Like if it's cheesy or whatever, but you, that's what you want to do. And so you do it. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I have people that will like tag me in posts and they'll say, they'll quote things that I've said in my videos. Uh, like I have the word easy tattooed on my, my left hand on my knuckles um, because it's just kind of my word. I'm sort of known for it because I like things to be easy, right? Like just be cool, be calm, be easy. And people will hit me up on, you know, with a post like, hey, just got done practicing with Kyle Weir's, uh, you know, six weeks to handstand course, hashtag easy. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. Like that if, if I had, let's say a ghostwriter doing all my email campaigns, that word wouldn't be in there. That wouldn't be my sign off. It would be, it would sound like someone else. And then there would be an incongruence between who Kyle is as a brand and a teacher and a coach versus what they see online. I just, yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, man. Marketing is not about making the sale. Marketing is about getting them to trust you as a, a source of either knowledge or information. But not even like getting them to trust you, just being trustworthy by being yourself because- Good point. Yeah, because it's people can smell it a mile away these days. I mean, we're, we're all so, b- so bombarded for years with online marketing. And so we know the difference between authenticity and someone, because of course- for all those people who are truly authentic, there is a marketing team that's co- copying that person's authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. But people are more tuned into it these days. So, so, but you can do it, you can fake it. But the thing is, it's a lot more fun if you're just being yourself because then you actually create those personal connections too. Like people post stuff on Twitter, like you just said, and, you know, appreciate your program. I mean, that to me, that's a lot more valuable when you, you've, heard that you've helped somebody, you know, than the money that they've paid you. Exactly. It's like when I get, um, I, I have the ability to uh, travel for work a lot because there's, you know, yoga studios or CrossFit facilities all over the place. And they're like, Hey, you're the Hanson guy. Will you come in and run some workshops? And I do. And you never know, you never, ever know who is your customer because I had a, I've had it happen on several occasions where I'll be running the workshop and I'll meet some you know nice person. I'm like, hey, what's your name? She's like, oh, uh, you know, my name's Julie. And I was like, awesome. How'd you hear about this this weekend's workshop? She's like, oh, I'm I do your six week program and I'm on your mailing list and you emailed about it. And I was like, wow, you just never really understand their reach. And then I meet, let's say Julie, quote unquote, and now she's a she's like a person with a face and a, she's a student. She has a smile and she laughs. And it's not I don't look at her and be like, well, there was 175 bucks. You know, it's, it's, it's different. It's like, I, I have a, I touched somebody. I like reached out and changed their life or hopefully made them feel like they were strong. 
Yeah. And, and like you said, you don't understand your customer except once you do understand your customer, right? So, <laughs> which you can do once they become a customer. And if you're paying attention um, to communicating and learning about them. Now, um, I think that you do a specific thing with Facebook where you actually take give, going on this point about how, how valuable it is to know your customer, right? You do something where you export members from your site and feed them back into Facebook. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Totally. Um, so this is something that I'm sure other people do. I sort of, I'm kind of a street marketer, I guess, kind of self-taught, right? Ollie always refers to my skills as like street skills <laughs> because I didn't go to this school for it. Um, so I will take, like, let me preface this with Facebook has an ability to create what they call a lookalike audience. For any of my marketing friends out there, you know exactly what this is. This is where you can take a small subset of people, load a list of these people into Facebook, and Facebook will go find more people that look alike to these people. Right? Makes sense. So what I do is I um, will use the export function on member mouse and I will export um, my list and then I'll segment that list into countries. So for a lookalike audience to be valid on Facebook, you need a minimum of 100 people that exist in that country in your sample set. So in the United States, uh, Canada, Australia, and the UK, I have lookalike audiences because I have at least 100 in each one of those countries. And I put that in, and because of the info that MemberMouse gives me, things like name, uh, first name, last name, email address, and location geography-wise, that for me has been the single most valuable tool for my Facebook advertising because anyone can write good copy. Anyone can come up with good imagery or effective imagery or videos. Who do you aim it at? There's the million-dollar question. If it's aimed at the wrong people, if I took my same advertisement and aimed it at the um, – you know, let's say the Pilates community rather than yoga, they wouldn't, they wouldn't care. I would not be sitting here with you today, but you got to aim it at the right people. So member mouse gives me the ability to export the most valuable information, which is information I use to go find people that look just like the people that already bought my course. Um, and so then I can, um, throw my ad together. Um, the ad is actually the easy part. Like now that I've been doing this more, the targeting is where all the money is. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, you just think about it in real life, you know, approaching people, uh, if you're approaching somebody who is not interested in what you're about to talk to them about, you could talk for 30 minutes and have nothing happen. But if they are the type of person you go up to and be like, Hey, you want to learn how to do a handstand? They're like, yes, yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to put it in front of them cause they're the right person and they're ready. Which is why, but I mentioned earlier, I point my Facebook campaigns at my lookalike audiences, uh, or I point the lookalike audiences straight to the sales page, because the, these are the kind of people that if I if I built my lookalike audience out of my buyers, these are people that want to learn a handstand, right? So why would I send them through a funnel when they're going to they're going to see the hands the handstand course and be like, oh my god, finally a handstand course, awesome, right? So your offer then is straight up offer yeah it is it's straight to the sales page um there are no like any good sales page there are no buttons other than the buy button there's nothing to click on it just i got a video that auto plays um features benefits uh money back guarantee pricing build up discount rate coupon code all the basics and and this is great too because you're validating 
very strongly something that our guest last week talked about, Dan Karen. He was and he was talking about how it's super important, you know, to determine what your channel is and where your customers are coming from. And the more you can understand about where they're coming from, the more you tailor the landing page specifically to talk to that person. And that's where you're going to have the success between the combination of understanding your channel and talking directly to that channel on your landing page, which is exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Well, yeah, here's one thing I use that has helped. So I use you guys, um, this is a member mouse thing, but you guys have the ability to create like, like infinite coupon codes. Um, I use like four. So I will, I will designate a coupon code that says like six WTHS, like six weeks to handstand 175 FB. And then that FB means that it's Facebook. So I will point the landing page or I will point the uh, Facebook traffic to the landing page with that coupon code on it. And then I simply clone the page. And if I want to run like an Instagram campaign, I will put, I will make a coupon code that says six WTHS 175 IG. And so then at the end of the week, I'll be like, oh, how many people bought on Facebook? How many people bought from Instagram this week? And I do all that right in when they're, I believe it's your browse transactions feature. I can look up how many coupon codes were used. And I'm like, man, that was easy. Like <laughs> Instead of, I just use the coding to determine where my customers are coming from. And Facebook has like its own internal analytics for that type of thing. Um, but if You're I doing want, that with coupon codes or affiliate tracking? Uh, coupon codes. Okay. Cause you know, you can do that with affiliate tracking and member mouse too. And if you do use affiliate tracking, then you power the lifetime customer value report in member mouse. Right. Right. Oh, I'm going to, I'll switch that over. That's a good idea. I, um, yeah, you guys have a great, um, just being able to see what my, my average customers are worth and all that stuff is like, it's super valuable. Yeah, because for example, I mean, that's what the lifetime customer value report was built for, essentially. I mean, it's great to see things are at an aggregate, but like you said, if you can see it broken down by and and it's and it's two tiered, so you can do Facebook, but then you can do a sub ads on Facebook, so you basically be able to know, okay, here's all the customers we got from Facebook, and here here here's our lifetime customer value, but you can also see it broken down by your ads, so you can see which ads are producing the most value as well. Totally. So I would be really curious to, you know, obviously I don't want to change what's working for you. I'm not saying to do that. You know, obviously it's working, but I just want to let you know it's there. Well, it goes to show you, like you guys, you guys uh, have a tool that every, every entrepreneur that's out there is going to use in a totally different way. You know what I mean? Like I, I just saw the coupon code. I was like, oh, well that, that resonated with me. I will check out the affiliate thing that, that obviously has uh, tons of upside compared to what I'm doing now. So you're doing a new site now too, bnbmillionaire.com. So what's, what's that about? Well, uh, the short version is that um, there's a, a group of guys that got together and they do um, a lease arbitrage, I guess you would call it, um, where they rent out B&Bs uh, from the actual owner. They don't buy them, but they lease them. And then they are the, uh, sort of less the middleman and they run all the Airbnb short-term rentals that come out of there. As it turns out, this is not an uncommon thing. And in fact, a lot of people, a lot of investors are getting into the Airbnb game. The team that I'm with happens to be some of the best in the business and they want to make a course, an online course, on how to do this. Now they have all the real estate brains. I have zero of that. Um, 
However, they approached me and said, tell me what you do on you know, like Facebook to sell your handstand course. So I gave them the kind of the run through of how I build ads and all that. And they were like, well, would you like to do that for us? And you can have, you know, part of, um, part of the business. And I was like, I, then I went and did some research, looked at the market and I'm like, oh yeah, this is prime. So, um, yeah, we're uh, almost done with the course. I went to Australia, obviously, for a while. Uh, and so we had a little bit of a hold. But we're about, I would say we're about 80% done with actual content. Um, and uh, same strategy for me, man. Build out a good sales page. Use Active Campaign for my email funnel. Get Member Mouse installed. Get Stripe hooked up. It's just like there's a formula to building smooth membership sites. you know. And so you can, you can substitute in whatever course or topic or content that you want. Um, but for me, the, you know, the, the pattern seems to be the same on most of them. Right now, you know, when you first started, um, and it was, you know, you're working your desk job, of course you wouldn't have seen that, Oh, you know, three years from then I, my site would be successful. I'd be doing these things, but would you also have seen that you've started three businesses because that's that's something unique in and of itself, you know, doing more than one of a thing. Yeah, and I would have never guessed, and I think this is kind of where my career is like probably headed, is like people reach out and ask me now for advice on their website or how do you build an email funnel and all that. And when I first started Reflection, you know, five or six years ago or whatever, it had been like, I at that time I was just like oh I'm going to be a yoga teacher for the rest of my life. You never are any one thing forever. You know what I mean? Like you go through phases in life and when I was younger I didn't really see that and now I've learned not to predict things. I can tell you this I'll, I'll probably always be interested in business. Can you really say that though? Yeah, true. Like what if what if I hit a point where <laughs> where what if I just hit a point where I want to move to like Sayulita, Mexico and be a bartender and play my guitar on the beach until I die. Yeah. What you can say is right now you're really interested in business. Right now it's a hot topic for me. Right now handstanding is a really hot topic for me. Um, where I'm going is in this sort of business coaching realm. I want to make a course to show people how I did exactly what I did. Um, and you know, there's a kind of an interesting story behind it. We, we talked about Australia at the beginning. Do you mind if I tell it? Yeah, for sure. So people always ask me like, where, you know, how did you get from like not having a website to having a very successful website? And it's funny, like, you know, I had moved out to California for a job that didn't happen. It was a software gig that ended up not happening and was in kind of a rough spot financially. And I put all my money and all my resources, I put money I didn't have into this. And um, I had, I remember <laughs> I had, uh, I was on the verge of living in my, my car and because uh, I was like, I'm launching this handstand course. This thing better work because I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent next month. My money from the yoga studio I was working at just isn't enough. It's the math just isn't there. I was actually, there was one night I cried in the studio and I had $200. I had two, $200. I'm like, I'm going to spend this on an Instagram campaign to drive people to my free video. Um, and I did. And people started coming in. And coming in and coming in, and my free video was doing well. And then all of a sudden, some of those people bought my uh, my next video. And then some of those people bought the course. And then Can I, I ask had, you a question? Yeah. 
about that moment where you were in your yoga studio, all those things, you know, coming up, you only had $200. What do you think it was that really allowed you to make that choice? Yeah, I, because I had worked so hard on the product and I, I believed it, man. Like I, I, I believe this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I was like, it's, it's, if I give up now, I had already recorded the course. I had built the website. Um, I'd been on many, many phone calls with Ali about features, tweaks, this and that. I've spent like blood, sweat, and tears. And when I say blood, sweat, and tears, I mean literally blood, sweat, and tears, right? Um, and I is like, okay, what do I do? I would not go this far just to, to not – it's like running 26 miles in a marathon and then not finishing the point two. You, would, you wouldn't do that. But you didn't know at that point it was only 2.2 left. I think it's more more than that. Yeah, very, very true, right? Like, So I think the thing that pushed me through it is just I believed in it. I worked so hard on it. Uh, I, I had lost relationships over it because I was like staying up, you know, just working on this thing. I, my friendships had taken a hit. And, um, you know, my just overall who I was, I was like, I got to I have to see this through. If there's just no way I'm not going to do this. Yeah, that is very similar to what I went through in the first three or four years with member mouse, you know, and two from this day, I look back and I'm like, the only thing that got me through all those ups and downs and barriers was some vision and belief that it was going to work out, even though I had no idea how. Right. And it's, you, you have to be willing to risk everything. If you're not, you know, I think you mentioned something uh, that is a very similar ethos to me when I talk to some fitness professionals about a website, I spend most of my time talking them out of it. Right. Right. Of like, okay, it's going to take this, 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 and this. And if you need, you need to be willing to do all this work. And a lot of times they're like, no, thanks. I won't do that. Um, so maybe that's not the smartest approach for me to take, but it is way more realistic. No, no, it's, I think it's, it's the best approach to take from the perspective of experience because you're just, you're not sugarcoating things for people, you know, uh, you're doing it with positivity rather than pain. Like you're not trying to help people have people make decisions based on a, a manipulated emotion. Totally. Like it's uh, I was like, Oh yeah, I promise you I can <laughs> like, if you're going to be all marketing schmarmy about it, you too can be a millionaire online. If you follow these six steps, like, you know, it's, it's more than six steps. It's an infinite number of steps and they never stop. Right. And the, I think the important thing, you know, about approaching it that way is that, if you can help somebody know that something is not right for them, then they can find the thing that is because there is something right for everybody. Totally. And alignment is the key. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, cause you look at like your to-do list, whether that's a, you know, written down paper style or you use like a tool, like, you know, Wonderlist or Asana or whatever your project management thing is. It's like, it's, it's never, the list is never totally done. Um, so it, it, you do, I, I think though, Eric, it, it, you do have to stop and smell the roses every town. You have to celebrate your achievements because every now and again, not in a braggart way, but in more of like, man, I'm really grateful for the life I have. Because and if you don't stop to give gratitude to the things you have, then I think you just get in this cycle of work, work, work. And then you never get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. I had a, a little bit of a moment when I was in Australia. Um, you know, I, I told you, I started like almost living in my car. This was 
a year ago. This was like not even a year ago. This was like the beginning of December last year in 2017. Um, there, I had made a trip back to Denver to see a friend um, and he had to pay for dinner that night because I just didn't have any money. And he is my best friend. He's also an online entrepreneur. Um, and it's got different than Ollie. But he motivated me more than ever. And that's that was also probably a good driver for the spending my last $200 on an Instagram campaign to hopefully get some email address to hopefully sell. So there was a huge struggle. And then a month ago, fast forward the tape for those of you that are listening out there that, you know, want to hear like a, this is, this is my hero's journey, I guess being kind of down and out. And then, um, a month ago I was in Australia on this like handstand tour and I told you, I find my coffee shops and I happened to find one that was like overlooking Bondi beach, which is a epic, like world famous beach in Sydney. I'm sitting there and I opened up Stripe, which is my payment processor, as you well know. And, um, I had looked in there and I had had one, 199,900 and some change in sales year to date and in gross revenue. And I was like, I looked at it and I looked at it again. I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm one sale away from, from $200,000. And uh, I was sitting there and I was just kind of like, you know, acting like I didn't care. Like I was going about my business, but then I would hit refresh, 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 like like once a, once a minute on the minute. And um, and finally, I just kind of took a deep breath and sat and then about 15 minutes went by. And in my, um, thanks to Member Mouse again, I get these nice little push notifications every time a sale happens, right? And it came in and my push notifications say, boom, um, with a big exclamation point. It says, boom, someone bought your course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh the nice, the nice benefit of customizing the, the headline in the email, right? Um, and it came in, and I just kind of took a deep breath, and um, and I was like, "Man, this is it. This is this is the feeling I want. This is what the other side feels like. Uh, this the opposite of crying in the, uh, in an empty yoga studio. Um, whether or not you're going to be living in your car next month to being on a beach in Australia, living more of a digital nomad life and actually hitting real financial goals. Um, it can happen, man. Like it, I filmed my whole thing on an iPhone, by the way. Um, you don't need fancy equipment. What you need is what you and I've already touched on. You need grit, determination, and the willingness to work hard. Um, if you have those things, man, those are, those are the traits that make you free. Those are the traits that bring abundance into your life. It has nothing to do whether or not you're a skilled handstander or laborer or a musician. But if you're willing to stick it out, if you're willing to ride the, the, the chaos and maintain some sense of normalcy during that, then that's where that, to get to the other side is a very, very good feeling that I can tell you from personal experience. Well, congratulations on, on getting to that point. It's certainly a, an amazing accomplishment and also like you said, an amazing accomplishment to actually recognize that you got there because we can all sometimes be too busy to, to know when we've gotten to a point where we can be satisfied and content with where we are and be thankful, right? Yeah. So that's great. I'm glad that you had that experience. Yeah, it was, it was a fun, it was a good time just to be like, man, I'm, on, I'm literally on the other side of the world looking at the Pacific Ocean 
staring at my laptop and a, a milestone just occurred. And the, and I, so I, one practice I do a lot is gratitude journaling. Um, I preach it constantly. I run workshops on it sometimes about how um, you have to sit down and give thanks and be in that state because that state, by the way, attracts more of that state, right? So if the universal law of like attracts like people who are always talking about how much they struggle are always going to struggle. Like imagine if, if you were in the early days of Member Mouse and man, your, your product is once again, by orders of magnitude, way more complex than mine. Right. Um, what if you just been like, Oh, it's always going to be, it's always going to be late nights and I'm never going to, you know, never going to break this thing open, never going to bust through. You'd probably still be there. You'd probably still be in that mindset, but once you change your mindset to something a little more positive, it gets a little easier from that on out. Well, you know what is interesting to me looking back on the journey is that I realized that all the key points that happened to where my mindset actually changed, that I didn't, I wasn't even actually responsible for the change in mindset. Really? Oh yeah. There was all sorts of synchronicities and things that happened that ended up resulting in my mind being changed, but- I actually didn't change it myself. And I don't, and I, I think if you think about it logically, it's not even possible for us to change our own mindset, which gets back to the value of your gratitude journaling. Because who are you putting gratitude in? It's not yourself. You're putting it in something beyond you. Yeah, that's a good point. You can't, it's hard to change your mind. All other things remaining the same, if there were no outside influence, very little about you would change. Right. Because you would always be trying to change it according to who you are, which, naturally you can't approach something in a different way than you've done it before because it's just outside of what you know totally. like outside of your reality true change is what i'm talking about not you know something that on the surface looks different but really at, at a subtle level is still the same as it was before yep very much so man I th- and i think you know you the old adage of you become the average of the five people you hang out with the most um if you look at my circle of uh, my inner circle of friends and business people and peers now way different than it was when I first started reflection yoga. Cause back then it was like, you know, I just wanted to be popular. Now I want to be successful in the, the business world. Right. And so you surround yourself with people like Ali Jafarian or, you know, the, the people in your world that are going to make you better. And, and that's one thing I preach with the handstand courses. I can teach anyone to do a handstand. If you have two arms, I can teach you to do a handstand. Um, it, but handstand doesn't make you a better person right? You use it as like a teaching tool because I really don't care about building better handstanders. I do care about building better people. Yeah, that's super important. But I, I would, you know, disagree with you slightly that uh, teaching somebody to do a handstand can make them better people. Because the thing is, that's what yoga is. Like yoga isn't about the physical postures. It's about the subtle things that are going on that those postures help you con- come in contact with. And so it does actually change things at a more subtle level. When you when people can do that, it changes psych- psychology, it changes physical aspects about the body. So Oh, totally. Well, and it, I think it, that what your point then, you know, definitely leads into a, a probably a whole separate discussion, but mainly intention. Why are you doing this? Whatever your practice is, it, hell, it can be running. Um, it can be anything. If you're if you stop thinking a ton about the outside and you go inward, which is very much the yoga practice, right? And you focus on what you're doing. Um, said, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yoga reveals that 
running reveals that hell even like weightlifting like if you're if you give up when it gets hard that's probably comes up in your life other places too you know so i think any kind of physical practice will reveal a lot about um who you are or what you're made up of and then there's a good to your point two minutes ago change like you you got taught something by yoga or you got taught something by handstand or whatever it is awesome so you mentioned the thing that you were interested in, in that you may think you'd be interested in going into is business coaching and, and teaching, uh, helping people accomplish the things that you've accomplished in online business. So um, I guess I'll ask you the question that a lot of people come up to you and ask, you know, so what is a tip that you can share with the people listening that um, who may be starting businesses, uh, struggling through the early stages of a business that can help them get and accomplish their goals? Mm-hmm. Uh, tip number one, never, ever take focus off of what your customer wants. Um, it's easy to make a, make a website or try to build an online business that's like, hey, look at me. My name's Kyle. I'm a handstand coach. I'm so great. That's a bad approach. That's you, you should always be with the mindset of like, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you. What, what in my wheelhouse of skill sets do my customers want? And then give them that over and over and over. Um, if you keep delivering value, the customers and the members will come. That's just how that works. Um, if it's a very me-centric site, which I do see a lot of, um, just pretty photos and not much value, um, the customers don't stick around. I can go get a pretty photo anywhere, right? That's, there's Instagram does that. Um, the other one <laughs> would be like, if you pick a thing, Man, just pick your thing. I picked handstand. And as we just said, that's a super niche market. I mean, as niche as you can get. It's I only do one pose, but I, <laughs> I teach it a lot, right? Um, so if you're in the fitness world, which I, I see people a lot of, or the yoga world, or even like, man, this applies to anything. Take the broad bucket of, or the broad umbrella of yoga, for example. God, there's so many different ways you could go with that you know, yoga for senior citizens, yoga for kids, when then even dial it down one more layer, right? And get super focused on what it is you do best or what it is you want to do and then do that one thing. If you want to expand from there, great. Um, don't try to be all things to all people. It's going to be too much. If you're in the fitness world, what are you doing? Are you helping people put on muscle, get lean, lose fat, jump higher, run faster? What I mean, pick a thing and pick a super specific thing and get known for being like the guy at, at that thing. And by, you know, it's funny. It's like, I'm not, I'm a guy in the handstand world. There, there's a lot of people that are interested in, in handstanding and I'm just one of many coaches. Um, however, I feel like uh, a lot of uh, people in the fitness world could use a little bit of help on the marketing side, right? Because it's just not their background. They've probably got great practices, um, but it's just maybe not their, their strong suit. So um, that's where the business coaching aspect would come in for me. It's like, Hey, I did it. I'm, fairly adept at it. At least I think I am, <laughs> which is all you need in marketing. Um, and then I want to teach you how to do it too. Great. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Tons of great information. Um, now, uh, can you leave us with a place if, if people want to learn more about what you do, um, the handstands, the yoga, 
where, where is a good place that they can go to find out? Totally. My, um, my site is very simple. It's just my name, kayawieger.com. And on there you'll find the, all the, all the good stuff. I got a blog with a handful of free videos on there. You can, um, get a free video sent to you right there on the homepage. I have my events tab, which is I travel quite a bit for workshops. So if I'm coming to a city near you, um, as I mentioned earlier, that's like the, that's like the, the juice for me, right? So if I'm in a city near you, come out to a workshop. Um, let's hang out. Let's do some handstands. But kyleweger.com. And then my, I don't have any fancy like names on social media. My like Instagram name is just kyleweger, same with Twitter and all the other ones. So um, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. I think I'm the only kyleweger in the United States. <laughs> okay, great. Well, we'll put the, uh, the URL in the show notes um, so that people can find that easily. But again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Eric. And uh, hope to uh, redo this again maybe next year and have some other cool story for you. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Have a good one. Many thanks to Kyle for coming on the show today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found value in his stories, strategies, and insights. To learn more about Kyle and see what he's up to, be sure to check out reflectionyoga.com and kyleweger.com. You can also find him on Instagram or Twitter at Kyle Weger. For the complete show notes, a transcript of today's episode, and a list of Kyle's recommended resources, please visit subscriptionentrepreneur.com slash 110. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher for more interviews with successful entrepreneurs. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with Claire Whitmer. She's the head of content and digital strategy for Maker Media. A year ago, they launched their online membership program, and with her, we discussed the lessons they've learned over the past year running this program, including strategies for being in alignment with your customers, nuances around selling print and digital solutions, and creating how-to content that people actually want to pay for. So stay tuned, and thanks for listening.